0: all right uh it has been uh it, th- this this episode of better viewing this this segment that better View, is is a long time coming yeah uh we are finally watching rounders by the way mark devolf you can bet on that everybody hello
1: hi everybody glad to be here
0: um and you know we we were dodging it at first because it's like it's it was the obvious choice Mm -hmm. right it was it was so obvious it's everybody's it's whenever you when everybody whenever people do the top gambling movies of all time rounders is almost always at the top mm-hmm. and if it's not number one it's number two and it's like someone's number one that they just like like a lot for some reason right yeah. and, and but it's always one or two um and the 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 inspiration behind better viewing uh for anybody who's new is is it was more about you know uh catching gambling references right and we were watching gambling movies because that was obviously a thematic and it was easy to do that but going uh you know i the, the, the inspiration but rounders i mean it is wall to wall gambling i mean uh, I was, yeah
1: it yeah
0: you know what rewatching this again i was like holy smokes there's like maybe three scenes that don't reference gambling
1: yeah right yeah <laughs> it they it's really immersive <laughs>
0: yeah it gambling. really yep. is mm-hmm, yeah um okay but here we are it's uh it's it, 2023 is the 25th anniversary of oh, rounders God. can That's you believe else. that it is
1: very hard to believe the the only thing that you can really tell while you're watching it is that they're talking about hey, the same guys make the final table at the World Series of <laughs> Poker. You're thinking, yes. What? <laughs> That's yes. not true at all anymore. But uh, you know, this movie, yeah, it was pre
0: moneymaker,
1: yes. So you know, that, yeah, it's that you can definitely tell from little references like that. But it is hard to believe 25 years.
0: So Brian Koppelman, David Le- uh, Levian are the screenplay writers for this. Brian Koppelman, of course, uh, known for. Uh, his current endeavor, which is uh, Billions. Uh, he also did another poker movie called Runner Runner, which really wasn't received nearly as well as Rounders no, was. No, no, uh, But Rounders uh, is his crowning glory. Can you it, believe? Okay, go ahead. Well, I was going
1: to say also, I just want to mention too, they also wrote the TV show Tilt. ESPN decided to yeah, delve right. into scripted <laughs> shows for a little while and tilt again it was in the poker world uh, not nearly as well received i think it was a little too dark for people They said oh the poker world's not really like this well no but you know they were trying to make something kind of neo-noir and entertaining but uh, i just have to mention that because i mean i watched every episode of tilt and it's virtually forgotten
0: uh yes i i forgot about it until you just mentioned it (laughs) just now yeah (laughs) um I will. We'll get into the. Uh, we'll get into how we value this movie more um, at the end. But I did want to uh, begin with giving it the proper nod that it deserves. Is that it is by and far the most popular or the highest rated movie across all gamblers when they're talking about their favorite gambling movies. Okay. Yeah, I agree yep. with that. Yeah. So um, let's uh, set the scene. 1998. Uh, I was in high school. No, no, I wasn't in high school. I hadn't. Oh, yet, I started high school in 1999, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I wasn't even in high school yet. Uh, it stars a young Matt Damon, a mm-hmm. young Edward Mort- uh, Norton, a compared to now a young John Malkovich. Uh, yeah. Oh uh, well, gosh,
1: I mean a young John Turturro, sure. a young Gretchen Mol. <laughs> the only one who's not young is uh, Martin Landau. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So- <laughs> Um but yeah it's uh i mean Matt Damon and Edward Norton i mean it's like watching uh the the outsiders right with all <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> amelia like watch it's like watching a movie where all your favorite actors were were first started i mean uh by the way Edward Norton one of my favorite actors of all time mm, yeah he um, is very good in this role too yep um i watched it on uh amazon prime but it looks like it was available a lot of places Oh was
1: it free on Amazon Prime? I didn't uh, even check there. I, I, I don't it. know
0: if it was free. I have a bunch oh. of di- No, it wasn't free. I have a bunch oh, of okay. digital credit that I use to watch this stuff. Uh, uh, all right, very good. Twitter.
1: I watched it on Pluto TV, which is free Okay. So, yep. Yeah.
0: Very good. Um okay. Well, the uh the the movie the the, the scene is set at Matt Damon who plays Mike McDermott. Uh, he is at his apartment in New York City. He's rounding up a bunch of money from around his place. It is scattered all over the place. Yeah, he's
1: got it everywhere, including yes. in a, an old copy of Doyle Brunson's book, Super System. Poker yes. books, uh, one of the first legitimate poker books ever published.
0: Yep. Uh, and and I mean, it really is all over the place. I- yeah, that's
1: a, it's a great first scene, you know, yeah. you're digging for all these hidden hiding spots.
0: Um, and we get a bit of a, a narration from Matt Damon as he's rounding up the money and heading his way to a poke, uh, an underground, uh, location to play some poker. And it's where we hear a lot of great, notable, a lot, lot of lines that this movie is well known for. Yeah. Uh, we get the, one of the first ones It's not, 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 not. Um, people don't attribute this to this movie, but we hear this a lot in poker. If you can't spot the sucker uh, at the table, then you are the sucker, right? Mm-hmm, you hear yeah. you hear types of lines like that. Versions like
1: that. I think the first time I heard it, it was fish. If you can't spot the fish, right. you're the fish. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, you know, he's narrating about what it's like to be a poker player, how it's a grind, how it's you treat it like any old job. And he arrives at Teddy KGB's place. Teddy KGB, played by John Malkovich. Uh, John Malkovich comes really close to stealing the movie, is uh, and with his performance. Uh, in oh my, my opinion. god, he,
1: he chews up the scenery. I mean, he, yep. <laughs> it's it's all about John Malkovich when he's on the screen. Yeah. By the <laughs> way, if
0: you're Brian Koppelman and you wrote this, and you, and uh, you have a you have a Goodwill off of Goodwill hunting Matt Damon. You have a I think just off of American History X edward norton Mm. and then you have the famed john uh uh john malkovich along with the rest of this cast how stoked are you that this (laughs) is that and then and then you watch the next like looking back on it he's like holy smokes matt damon was in my movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so i john malkovich brilliant in this um i'm gonna go through these scenes you are the poker pro so when it comes to (laughs) the poker games itself that's where i expect you to Ah, uh, to chime in. Don't wait for me to chime in because I probably didn't notice things that you may have noticed uh, okay. when it came to how the poker games were played. Yeah, sure. So, um, he buys in for three stacks of high society, which yeah. is thirty thousand dollars. Now, let me tell you, when I was a young, t- when I was a young boy, uh, and I was just getting into poker, and by young boy, I mean a high schooler. I thought that this meant something. Oh, three stacks of high society. There's terminology. There's slang. I need to know. Mark, not once in 25 years since this movie has come out, I've heard anybody else refer to $10,000 as high society. No, no never. It, I, I, the thing high society, what
1: it really means is high society is the highest denomination chip at a okay. location. So when you ask for a stack of high society, well, the stack can be 20, the stack can be a hundred. In this example, the high, <clears throat> the highest denomination chip at Teddy KGB's is a hundred dollar chip. So he gets three uh, stacks of $100 chips. Each of the stacks is 100 chips. You know, it's in those racks, those hold a hundred chips. So three stacks of a hundred dollars chips $30,000.
0: See, so high, I didn't even so- know he was talking about. That's how little yeah. I've heard high society. I, I thought high society was somehow uh, a reference to $10,000. No, no. You'd think that
1: based on what he yeah. says. Yeah, three stack. No, it's actually, refer. It can, it'll depend on the property or where
0: you're playing. But it's whatever is the highest denomination chip. Next time I buy in somewhere, I'm going to be like, can I have one chip of high society?" Nope. I don't even have that much. Never mind, I can't afford <laughs> that chip. Sorry. Yeah, and they
1: won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. They won't know what I'm talking
0: about. But yeah, it's the only time I've ever heard high society reference any, um, any yeah. gambling. So, yeah. Uh, we meet Joey Kanish. Who is in the running for best, for best performance? He, uh, Joey Turturro does an amazing job. He's,
1: he's great playing yeah.
0: Joey Kanish. Um, he tries to talk him out of there. We we get a quick glimpse into the relation, like how well Joey Kanish knows Mike McDermott. He quickly is like, "Hey, you don't want to be here." Go. He starts naming other games that are in the city that he knows Mikey can beat, and he's like, "You click." And then he kind of gets it. Like he's like, "Okay, you're here to prove yourself, kid." Like I'm a, I'm gonna leave you to yourself here. Mm-hmm. Um things don't work out.
1: No, you find out as he's narrating too, that what he's trying to do is basically double his buy-in so that he can go play in the world series of poker. He's he's got dreams about that. So that's what he's trying to do here. And you find out later why he has the confidence to take Teddy KGB on.
0: Yep. So he ends up in a, he ends up in a hand with KGB and we hear more narration from Matt Damon Refers to, uh, refers to no limit Texas hold'em as a Cadillac of poker. That's something we've heard over the years that people refer- and and I don't know if it's always been known that or if rounders kind of helped coin that. Uh, uh, well, I it's it certainly has not always been
1: that. I don't right. think rounders helped it be that. Okay, it's just that when the World Series of Poker started, they decided that uh, no limit Texas hold'em was going to be the game. Right. Well, it, as the World Series went on, I shouldn't say that that was the way from the beginning. But, you know Texas Holden didn't really catch on with the public till you know 80s, maybe even late 80s before that the games were draw and stud. Yeah. So you know now it's kind of considered, you know the 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 best kind of poker. It's
0: certainly the poker that most people are familiar familiar with, but it wasn't always that way, okay? So something I want so we've covered we haven't covered a lot of poker specific movies, but we've put, we've definitely covered a lot of movies where poker has been played. Mm-hmm. And in even in other movies like I even think in like games like or in movies like Cincinnati Kid or uh like Molly's game, a lot of these poker movies are if you see this very rarely do you see players dealing the game unless it's like a home home game unless it's like happening in someone's home but when there's like an organized game I feel like they still have uh um maybe I'm misrecalling uh that a bit but I, I, I it was one of the first things that I noticed like oh every every game in this in this uh or yeah every poker game in this movie a player at the table is dealing the game which yeah, I know and- is common but it's something that I don't feel like we see as commonly in and in, in in movies, unless it's literally happening at someone's house,
1: I think it's because m- almost all the games in this movie are underground games. Right. They do go to the Taj at one point and play, but uh, I think that's right. why. So you know they don't yep. have a dedicated dealer. Yep. Uh
0: he gets ace nine of clubs. He gets top two pair. He's feeling really great about it. He narrates how he's play. How, he he narrates how he's playing his hand, sort of what he's thinking and how he's going about it, what he's what he's reading, and uh he expects that KGB is on a flush draw. He says, "I don't think you have the spades." I think it is, and so he goes all in and and great delivery, great line. I don't have spades, and Mike's like, "I know." Before he even flips the cards, sure uh-huh. enough, um, uh, he uh, Mike has nines full of aces, and uh, KGB ends up having aces full of nines yeah. uh anything about this anything about the poker inside this uh this the scene
1: a couple things this was really the only major mistake if i can use that word that i saw during the movie because it happens a couple times but teddy kgb makes a string bet mm. there's one point where he says bet <laughs> with that <laughs> strong russian accent he puts out a single stack uh the totaling $7,500 he then goes back to his stack and brings out another $7,500 and says 15,000. Well, that's a string bet. Yeah, you know If you're gonna bet 15,000, you either have to say, before you've made any kind of motion with your hand, 15,000, or else when he put that first $7,500 out, that's his bet, right. he can't go back. That's called a string bet, and the reason it's not allowed is they don't want people making an initial bet, trying to pick up a tell from their opponent and then deciding whether they're going to put out more or if that's going to be it. So it even happened at the in the scene at the end of the movie. So I was a little surprised, honestly, for as how, you know, sort of accurate and how this whole movie is just all about poker and how much they got right. But that does happen. Uh, the only thing, other thing I'll say about this, I love this. It's, it's in this scene and in the last scene, Teddy KGB's little poker area. The cards are filthy. Yeah, you look at the look at the cards. It's like, how long have they been playing with these decks? They got spots all over and they're dirty. You could probably, <laughs> they're probably marked in such a way you could
0: tell what they are, but you know when they're flipped over. But anyway, I thought that was funny. There are three cookie marks on the back of the three clubs. I know <laughs> yeah. that much. Yeah, so, exactly. um, <laughs> yeah. So I so. The string, I did pick up a little bit on the string bed, like the, or the announcement I'll raise and, and then and then the, the, you know, the initial and then going out for the, I wondered if 25 years ago, underground games in New York City, if that was accurate. At a, at a, like if, if the rules were looser on that or games I, yeah, were more tolerant I don't, to that.
1: Not based on the way these players are and how okay. they really know these games. Got it. Now, yes, if you go to just somebody's home game, You'll see string bets all the time. All the time, people just don't know, and so I don't have as much of a problem if there's a movie like that if somebody's just playing a home game. But yeah, even though these aren't in casinos, even though these are underground games, yeah, that they they got away with something here. I don't know if they did it on purpose. They almost had to do it on purpose for dramatic effect. I don't know. It depends on how much, say, uh, Levien and Copelman had over the actual staging of everything. Yeah. I don't know if they, you know, I don't know who they're gambling expert was uh you know during filming but
0: if you went to a home game as a guest like you didn't know the guy who was hosting it you were there with a friend and you don't know and someone string bet would you say something like would you try to correct that action or as a guest would you just sort of let it happen
1: i probably shouldn't but i probably would (laughs) just because you know i see it and i want to call attention to it it's just my personality yeah. And I might regret it if I say something. I, I would hope that at least I'd say it after the fact, and right. say it in such a way that you know, oh, here's something you may not know, uh, and and be polite about it. Because honestly, if you're in a home game like that, nobody's trying to make a move <laughs> by making a string bet, right? It's yeah. more about hey, keep this in mind for etiquette if you're ever in a serious
0: game. Sure. Uh. So as. As he's narrating this hand right before we found out that he says, all I'm thinking of is Vegas and the fucking Mirage. Cause this is 1998. And <laughs> Mirage is the property um, yeah. that everybody wants to go to. And it was a big poker hub yeah. uh, in, uh, in Vegas. So I thought, I thought that was, it was kind of poetic almost in, in, you know, yeah. 25 years later, we're about to say goodbye to the Mirage. Sad. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he's talking to Kanish about his, about his, his loss and you know, Kinesh makes the comment, we all go bust, and this is very mm. true. So what I loved about that is Kanish who kind of warned him to not be there, uh after it happens he's sympathetic and and he's optimistic in a way that i actually thought was pretty accurate saying hey we all go bust we'll be back at the tables you know which is actually very true because uh uh billy billy walters has admitted in his like, he's gone broke before right and he's one of the greatest sports bettors of of all time like it, like it's uh you know good bettors you know go bust uh early yeah. like as you're grow- as you're growing your career so i actually thought Kanish's optimism there was actually pretty realistic. Yeah, virtually any poker player, and I'm I'm talking about famous poker players.
1: Yeah, virtually all of them will say that they've gone broke at some time. That's just part of the deal.
0: Yep. Um, we get a uh, fast forward to nine months later. Mike, is, Mikey, is driving a truck that Kanish's um um has given him so he can do deliveries of some sorts. It looks like he's going to like convenience stores and dropping things off. Um, he gets to a judge's game. And well, so-
1: let me, let me stop you there just to, oh. to be clear. So it is nine months later. Mike has decided he's giving it up. Right. Right. Yes. So he's, you know, that's, that's why it's nine months later and he's driving a truck. He actually said to Kanish, I'm down to the felt. I've been felted. Anybody, anytime somebody says they're felted, that means they have no more chips. Yeah. So he's, he's at least decided right now. And he's told his girlfriend I'm done.
0: Yep. Uh yeah, so he went bust with that hand and uh against KGB driving truck. He gets to uh what he calls the judge's game. He uh Mikey is in law school. He gets to what's called the judge's game. One of his professors is there. He's playing other judges, and as they're doing this like playful banter with with uh with Mikey, one of them says, "Why don't you be? Why don't you become a jockey and do something useful?" <laughs> and I really wanted to be like that's the most useful thing you can think of for this guy, this young man to do like. Why don't you be like? How much use is that to you? But the, the 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 I don't know. I I kind I appreciated the nod to to horse racing, but I was also kind of like, okay, I, okay, I guess I guess I got really in the horse racing. Yeah,
1: I don't know. They're kind of ribbing him. I yeah. guess that's what it comes down to. Yeah.
0: So they're about to play they're they're getting into a hand and Mikey gets involved. He stands behind his professor and he puts in a raise for him. And the pre- he's quickly like, Oh, I I just would have called there. And he's like, Trust me, you're good. You want a raise. And uh he um he he he, he the there's another round of, of cards. He says, What's the limit? They say a big bet is twenty dollars. So he, he bets uh uh he bets again uh on behalf of uh his professor. And one of them kind of challenges like, hey, what are you doing here? And he tries to like playfully bet a clerkship in this other judge's office who's like, look, I'm not betting with that kind of job, but I'll put you at the top of the list. Uh, And he goes from person to person sort of um, hypothesizing what he thinks each person is, is doing with their hand or what they might have based on the reaction. And he's close enough that everybody folds um, <laughs> and, and everybody sort of feels like either they've been read or that he's onto them and, and uh, everybody folds and he's invited to sit down next to that judge then. And he says, no, no, no I don't play cards, <laughs> which, which was a <laughs> yeah, really nice. odd thing to say when you clearly know how to play cards. Yeah. Do they
1: believe him? Right. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um,
0: Which was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anything out of this game? The only thing I'll say is for me, at
1: least, this is the most memorable scene in the movie. Or this is the scene I always think of when I think of this. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't, you know, I may be alone here, but yeah, this really kind of struck me is okay. Yeah. He's reading the players. He knows what's going on. And, you know, a good poker player will know that. Plus, I love the line. And this is part of his narration, too. He says, The amazing thing is in this collection of great legal minds, there isn't a single real card player. Yeah, And I have experienced that myself. We have had people in our home game who are brilliant in their profession, otherwise, socially, that kind of thing. And they just don't have what I call card sense. They just don't have it. And they're never going to learn it. You can tell based on the way they play, they continue to play. So this is not an uncommon phenomenon.
0: (laughs) Okay. I would say, I think when I think rounders, I think of the KGB scenes. Uh, that, sure. That's, I mean, that's where my mind goes first. Uh, But I definitely the jockey line for some reason lives rent free in my head. I think about that <laughs> line uh in random times. There's a few lines in this that that uh that come to my mind in at random moments. So, but yeah. the, the want you become a jockey and do something—I don't know why that uh, that line <laughs> has stuck out to me. But it's a line of for 20 years, Mark. I've heard that line has popped up in my head before. Okay. All right. Uh He's in his truck and he says, "I can find." He's talking about how like how. Um, he's kind of talking about his ability to, to find games in his head. He's like, I can drive the turnpike and be at the Taj in two hours. And of course, he's talking about uh, Taj Mahal in, in Atlantic City, which was uh, a casino 25 years ago. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he gets home, he tells his girlfriend about what happened. And of course, she knows that he went broke and lost it all, you know, nine months earlier. And so he catches a little bit of sass uh, fr- from her, rightfully so. And this is one of the uh, – this is the only frust- – other than some of Worm's uh, behavior, this is probably the most frustrating dialogue because I don't feel like he does all that good of a job explaining what happens. And mm-hmm. as somewhat – I don't know, maybe because I feel like he should have been able to anticipate her concern and should have been able to – lead into the story and in a in, into a better in a better way to disarm her a bit right but like yeah. he he piques her concern immediately and then is confused <laughs> why she's upset and I'm like I, so I get why they had to do it that way because they need to create tension here but it also seemed kind of unrealistic because like anybody who's been in trouble with their wives you know <laughs> you know when you're gonna be in trouble right yeah. like you know. And so I was kind of disappointed to kind of see all of a sudden like he doesn't know how to navigate a conversation on this or find a way to disarm her and tell the story in a way that actually comes off good and doesn't just spotlight the poker. But at the same time, we've also gotten those conversations with our significant others where we tell a whole story and the only – the one thing that – they're like, hey, this one aspect of it is something I'm very upset about. Like, hey, that wasn't really even a big part of it, but so – Anyways, those are, my, I, those are my thoughts on that. Scene. Yeah,
1: I agree with you, everything you've said. Maybe you could argue that in the very back of his mind, he hasn't convinced himself sure. that he's completely out of the poker world. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that could be a defense for the dialogue.
0: <laughs> he, uh, anything, anything else here in the apartment? Nope, that's it. He heads off to prison the next morning to pick up his <laughs> buddy Worm. Worm is played by Edward Norton. Uh, we see Ed, uh, we see see Worm playing cards for cigarettes at a table in in jail, and Matt Damon is sort of narrating how he knows uh, Worm from there, and they went to school together for different reasons, and he kind of talks about how they both got involved in a point point shaving scheme at the mm-hmm. school yeah. and the point guard on the team dined dimed them out but then Worm didn't snitch on Mike and so Worm gets in trouble Mike doesn't Mike ends up still graduating from the school Worm gets kicked out and kind of goes down a, a, a life of crime uh yeah, essentially right. and that's that's sort of the studying we get on Worm uh when Worm gets into the car with um with Mikey, he starts talking about how he was running three games while he was in prison. How he had one game with the whites, one game with the blacks, and then one game with the guards, and how he's like winning money from one to lose it to the guards and then winning cigarettes so he can use that in the trade market because there's – in the trade economy to get what he needed and to keep himself safe. It was actually a pretty – like it was almost – I was like I almost wish I was in the car so I could ask him more about it for something – I was uh, very intrigued by this, uh, this economy that he was a part of. Um and but Mike comes out and he he get he comes clean on how he got cleaned out and he's retired. Worm is very upset. Uh he doesn't understand why he would do that. Worm, you know, I can only imagine he's just been sitting there getting good so he can come back out and play poker with his buddy Mikey. Uh just to get out and find out that's likely not gonna happen now. But they uh worm has the hookup at a private club. Um and so uh Mikey brings them, they they're about to drop him off. Another great line. Uh, I have my silverware. I have the sauce. I have everything set up. All I I need is the steak. Uh, Steak, of (laughs) course, being the money in this. Uh, And he says, I could use a nickel, uh, which is uh, $500, but he only has like 220 on him. He drops up. He drops Worm off, drives away, turns back, goes into play. Uh, The woman who is hooking up uh, Worm into the the game is already there to meet Mikey because Worm expected that Mikey would turn around. Uh, and come back, and they get in the game together, they do their thing, they're both having a good time, they clear the table, they win a bunch of money, it's this nice little, like, hey, look at them back together, do it, like, back at the in the old groove, uh, and then we re- we see a first glimpse at Worm, uh, his ability as a card mechanic, um, card mechanic being someone who can manipulate the shuffling and cutting of a deck in a way, and then the dealing to pretty much control what's being dealt where in a in a hopefully inconspicuous way
1: and this is when we find out that at least at this point in their lives worm cheats and mike does not so that's a, a big distinction on their different styles of play that that that's not to say that mike won't take advantage of worm cheating for the both of them right But uh, when it comes down to it, yeah, it's really Worm who's doing the cheating. Yep. Um, A couple of things, too. I love that when he was playing, when Worm was playing cards with some of the inmates, they were playing hearts. It actually wasn't poker. Right. It was hearts. And if anybody's, I used to play hearts with friends in college, and it can be just cutthroat. I mean, you can just get so furious at each other with that queen of spades when she comes up. Um, And... uh, Oh, one more thing too. Worm uh, went to prison owing $10,000. And so he's a little yes. worried about that when he gets out of prison, because the juice has probably been accumulating this t- all this time too. So it's going to be significantly more than the 10,000. So he's got that on his mind.
0: Yep. Anything from the game?
1: um no well let's see i think it was it wasn't a fraternity
0: i think oh yeah i think you're right it was a fraternity yeah Yeah. and one
1: of the games they called was chicago which is definitely a home game it's whoever ends up with the highest spade in the hole gets half the pot uh and one other thing too there's so much um uh terminology so much poker terminology in this movie sometimes it goes by really quick one of the things that mike mentions that worm is good at is the double duke? If you've never heard that before, that's when you intentionally give a player the second best hand, and usually a really good hand, but that turns out to be second best. Then you, you know, <clears throat> they think they've got a great hand, they bet, and then you sure. uh, come over the top and beat them. And again, it's a form of cheating.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mike brings Worm to a spot in the city uh, the next morning. I think it is. Uh, and worm takes out 2000 and credit on Mikey's words. Mikey knows the woman behind the counter says that he's good. He's good for it. Uh, and when Mikey leaves, worm takes out 2000 and credit, Mikey goes home and his girlfriend is, has been up all night, clearly upset. She grills him on playing cards. He denies it, and she goes rifling through his pants and finds a uh, a wad of cash. And she puts two and two together, and she leaves very upset. Again, I get that they needed this plot device.
1: It's a cliche.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a trope that you see in a lot of these movies.
1: Yeah, uh, that's definitely one of the lesser parts of the movie, um, yeah. sort of these plot points but it's like you said i kind of understand why they're doing it but you yes. certainly they're certainly telegraphing everything that's coming you know exactly what's going to happen
0: right uh, you know I, going back to you know what's upsetting her why would you leave yourself um yeah. you know uh, vulnerable to that but again it's it helps tell the story and it's a great movie so yeah <laughs> uh, Kanish approaches them while they're studying uh, they they have now gone to a uh, little study table at school him his girlfriend their study mates for the case they're working on Kanish approaches him and he's like I need to talk to you it needs to be right now um, and he lets him know the worm is cheating at this club and uh he says you know um you know I caught I heard I heard the snap I don't and he says something like most of those Georges are can be, are like have, are in a 40yard or 40 hour then george of course being uh a term we hear in, in a lot of uh areas of gambling someone who willingly gives up their money uh on playing right so yeah, well you know Whales, I kind of, there we go yeah, well I, I was gonna whalish. say if you
1: if, if dealers at a crap table are talking about a george it'd be like dr mike somebody you'd right yeah yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah so someone with a lot of available money that's what i guess what there uh, you go yeah um mike goes down uh to the poker game to try to wise up worm and um when he leaves, Worm then uh he says, you know, like dump a little back to them, get out of there, you know, just you know, you, you can't so then Worm cashes out for ten thousand and the woman at the counter, uh and I should probably bring up her name. Uh it is uh where are you? Uh Petra uh is the is the is the character's name, played by by Jansen. Janssen. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh but uh Petra who uh works the counter there. And so, she, of course, she's like, okay, 10,000, uh, you know, the 2,000 that you took on credits. Uh, so the 8,000 is yours. And he says, I'll just take the whole thing. <laughs> and she doesn't, she, she she's like, okay, well, that's, I mean, that's, you know, it's 2,000. The juice will start running. This, maybe they would let this happen because they know the juice would run and they technically would get interest on it. I'm surprised that she let this happen right she knows who worm is she knows that he is not all that trustworthy and she has mikey's best interest in mind i'm i'm surprised that she was a pushover on like oh okay you want to just take the 2002 that makes sense i uh,
1: i don't know that she does know worm at this point i'm trying okay. to remember back to the oh, scene yeah. i I she want to doesn't. say Mike introduces her to Warren. Oh, you know what? When they first go I in think there. you're right. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. And so she she might be doing this because of Mike because yeah. she trusts Mike and okay. Mike has vouched for him.
0: Okay. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go with that. I I rescind okay. what I just said. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I still what I still was like you're just not gonna take that. I mean, you're not, not just gonna. Like is that not house policy? I guess that's what I'll say. Like you're like you put on credit. It's like a like a marker, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, again, this isn't a
1: casino, right? <laughs> this is an underground. That's illegal fair. Illegal casino. So. Well,
0: well, well, Mark, at my underground casino, <laughs> uh, yeah. when you when you take out credit, you pay it on the way out. You pay, you yeah, out yeah the, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't let. Yeah, that's right. Um, he. He gets it by he Mikey goes back and he gets in a fight with uh, his girlfriend, his girlfriend, Joe, uh, who's played by Gretchen Mole. He this is this is one of the uh, you know, he's he's arguing about how this is a game of skill. And he shouts, why does it still seem like gambling to you? <laughs> yes. uh, and I think that that's a pretty famous line from uh, from the movie as far as like what stood out about like the the type of movie that this was. Yes. Um. Worm then runs into an older partner that he had named Grandma. Uh Grandma is played by, I should probably should have had this. Oh man. Michael
1: Rispoli or Michael Rispoli. Or Michael Rispoli.
0: <laughs> oh, there it is. Grandma. Yeah. yeah. Michael, yeah, Michael Rispoli. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um and we've learned that they used to they used to kind of work together. I was kind of str- I was struggling to like figure out exactly if like they worked together or grandma worked for Worm, it was difficult in their exchange to figure out exactly what their prior engagement was, but the new the new scenario is that Grandma has bought up all of Worm's debt and is like, now you owe me, and that money that I used to round up all your debt was backed by KGB, so technically you owe him too. Um, yeah, their
1: their dynamic has reversed since yes. Worm went away to prison.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he says so he's stuck for fifteen, and I think he then says, "But so we're gonna make it twenty-five with the juice." Mm-hmm. I think is, is sort of what he what he says. Yeah. Uh, it, it went from fifteen to twenty-five real quick, and I was having a hard time tracking what happened there. But I will one thing to point out: in 15,000 15, was about twenty-eight thousand today. To put that into a, in a little bit of, a little bit of perspective, um, I mean, fifteen thousand is still a lot of money now, but sure. you, <laughs> but it's you know you know nearly thirty thousand um, know, for us now, and so. Now, Worm has this problem that he has to deal with. Uh, Mike meets his professor at a bar or restaurant, and um, I, I couldn't tell. He seemed surprised to see Mikey. How did Mikey know that he was there? Yeah, maybe that's his, you know, tip. that's his spot. Maybe that's his, maybe that, that's his office yeah. hours. Maybe, that's how, maybe yeah. that's how he was doing office hours. Anyways. Yeah uh by the way i did not question this movie nearly as much uh when i was watching it now that i'm just talking about it, i'm like wait what was going on like i had none of these questions while i was watching it um but he meets something i wanted to point out his professor is smoking in the restaurant well i guess it was like it's like a half bar half restaurant maybe yeah i, I
1: look kind of like a more of a bar yeah maybe it, it was just a thing. bar yeah. yeah
0: he's at table anyways yeah he's smoking and it yeah maybe that makes more more sense he explains uh mikey's sort of explaining his game how he plays it and the professor is very impressed and the professor then goes on a monologue about becoming a rabbi and he didn't sort of you know he he you know was set up to be a very successful rabbi a very well uh well knowledgeable and decided that that's not you know the course of action for him and it's a big monologue about destiny and vocation and, and 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 how you know your destiny really isn't by choice right and um, it was it was a really nice, really well delivered uh, monologue and story about uh, I think something that I think a lot of lot of people a challenge that a lot of people experience. Um, yeah, and
1: the so- judge might not have been consciously trying to push Mike in back into poker, right? But that's essentially what he did, and certainly that's what the monologue did for the
0: plot, right? Worm is waiting for. For Mikey at his apartment building. He's outside. And when they go up, they see that Joe has left Mike. Uh Mikey makes a comment. I said that she'd always be a good poker player because she would always know when to, to fold a closing or uh to fold when to fold a losing hand. Uh <laughs> another great line, and I'm curious if you think this this makes any sense or if, if uh, the writers were just being silly. A worm says in the game in the poker game of life, women are the rake. And and Mike like, what does that even mean? He's like, I don't know. I like, it, but it's such a funny line. And then like at first you're like, yeah. And then you're like, well, well I, okay. Well. well,
1: well, yeah. So I wrote this down too. So what what Worm actually says is, well, you know, the saying goes, right, in the poker the game goes. of like, right. yeah. women are the rake. Like it is a saying. So then Mike is like what's saying and yeah then worm's kind of like i I don't know i guess it should be right so yeah it's i think this these were the writers just kind of having fun and coming up with what they thought was a funny line and then it's like what nobody (laughs) says that
0: it's a good line though i have to admit Uh, like when you first hear it you're like yeah and they're like wait (laughs) wait does that make sense (laughs) uh worm then cheers him up with the proposition of playing poker they head to Atlantic City. They go to the Taj Hall. Mikey sits down and plays at a table with a bunch of other players that he knows from New York. They make the jokes of like, hey, if we wanted to take each other's money, we could have just stayed in New York. Stuff like that. Uh, Joey Kanish sits down to play with them. Uh, and then Worm catches up with them, sits down. And this is, I think, you know, I guess this is the first time we see Worm interact with more. Uh, does he does he run into Kanish ahead of this? I don't think he well, does. He's he,
1: he goes off and Mike goes to the to play in the game initially. Right. 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 But
0: is Atlantic City the first time that we see Worm and Kanish engage, or do they engage uh Oh, I that?
1: I think there's their first scene together, yes. First uh-huh. time we're
0: seeing together. Right. Yeah, yep. that's right. Because Worm was at the club, but we don't see that. We don't see him watching the uh or Yeah. yeah. W- yeah. Um so it's the first time we're seeing this dynamic of worm um sort of being that awkward friend, right? Around everybody. Mm-hmm. Um he's making he's making you know people clearly have a you know a little bit of disdain or discomfort around him. Um and where's my um worm uh tells that uh they go for a walk and then worm uh tells Mikey about grandma and how uh he took his he took his uh you know he beat him up, he bought off his debt and they took his role he took how, all that money that he had. Uh and Mikey makes this comment that turncoat motherfucker, which I I don't know if I've ever picked up on that line until now, and I don't know, uh, like he you know he's calling Grandma a traitor, uh, essentially, right? I mean, that turncoat is someone who yeah, I think
1: he, that you know Grandma used to be like them, you yeah, know,
0: a, a grinder,
1: and, a rounder, and and I, he's I, gone to the dark side,
0: <laughs> right? And I think when you're seeing Grandma beat up uh worm you're kind of being like whatever they're all a bunch of like you know criminal scum whatever but then when he made when mikey makes that comment like that turncoat motherfucker, you're like oh like he used to roll with them like do you mm-hmm. like yeah, like yeah. he was actually associated with them um so
1: yeah so a yeah. combination of mike's girlfriend leaving him and mike finding out that worm owes all this money to grandma that's yeah. sort of the turning point like okay i might as well get back into poker Well, and the the speech that he
0: got from the judge. It's like, okay, I'm back full time. Uh, Any notes on the poker game in Atlantic City?
1: So, yeah, I like this scene because um, they're all sitting around the table. Again, most of them know each other. And then tourists start showing up at the table, right? And their eyes get wide. And there's this great line here. Mike says something like, you know, we're not working together. He's talking about the people he knows. In other words, you know, they're not colluding technically but the line he says is it's like the nature channel you don't see piranhas eating each other do you and that's what it is it's like they all kind of know hey we're gonna get some money off of these tourists we know we're all gonna get money off of them let's just do it right it's like unspoken collusion
0: so you know that line, like, if you can't spot the sucker at the table, you are the sucker. Yeah. <laughs> I have ex- I have experienced that, Mark. And I successfully, <laughs> within the first hour, realized I was the sucker.
1: <laughs> there you go. Good. I, yeah. Uh, hopefully, I, everybody goes through that. I mean, it's sort of a, uh, a rite of passage. And, you know, you got to realize, hey, you know, there's some better players out there.
0: I, uh, I played uh, poker at Monte Carlo. And about 15 minutes in, I realized everybody at the table is better at this than I am. <laughs> and I mean, I kept playing a little bit because it was a small buy in. I just wanted to play poker because I thought it was fun. But I did have the real, I was like, oh, I'm I'm the, like, they all want to get in a, into a pot with me. Uh, that, that's what's happening. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then one more thing. So Worm comes up to the table that everybody's been playing there and he goes to sit down and takes some chips yeah. from Mike. And this is a real casino. And of course the dealer says, sorry, sir, you can't take chips from other players. And he's like, oh, we all know each other. You know, it's okay. And she says, no, you've got to buy them from me. And of course that is true, you know, especially when you're talking about no limit, but I shouldn't even have qualified that. Any poker game, you know, when you've got money on the table, you can't take more money. Mu- you can't take that money off the table, even if it's giving it to your friend or your right. spouse or whatever, you can add to it uh, anytime, you know, between hands. And sometimes they'll let you take a little off the table, like for tips, you know, the tip, the cocktail wedgers, that kind of thing. But yeah, that can't happen. So it's just a nice little thing that they put
0: in there. So I'm glad you said that because I, I wasn't sure if that was, uh, accurate or in sp- specific to poker or if that was, uh, yeah. Um, cause it, oh know, yeah. It's specifically in, for poker. If you right. went up to a blackjack table and it's friends and it's like, oh yeah, yeah here, oh, yo, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we been at a table and like, uh, you know, it, I mean, uh, Eric and I have pulled $1 chips off of each other's stacks to tip, <laughs> to oh, tip yeah. cocktail, I mean, which that's is all the Now, yeah.
1: the rationale is, you know, when you've got to set your table, you're playing table stakes right. at, you know, casinos in a poker game. What that means is that all the chips in front of you are at risk. Right. So right. if you were to give some of these chips to somebody else, now, you the other players cannot win as much off of you, right? And so, they that's considered bad etiquette. Well, it's not bad etiquette, it's against the rules at poker tables.
0: What is the etiquette on winning a big pot in a cash game and leaving?
1: Well, I mean,
0: if you're talking about etiquette,
1: well, okay, it depends on how long you've been there. Right. Number one, did you just sit down? Uh, yeah, it's bad etiquette. But you know, you're not gonna get kicked out of the casino. Right. There might be a lot of animosity from the other players. You might have a hard time finding a game that they'll want to play with you in. But yeah, uh, yeah
0: I mean you see it. Okay. Sure. sure. Okay. Uh so Mikey gets back to New York and he goes to uh he goes to law school and they're they're doing a you know, they're doing a, a case, right? They're they're presenting a case in front of the Mute judges. Court. Yeah. Mute, what do they call it? Moot court, moot court, moot,
1: moot court, mm-hmm. moot
0: court, like a moot case, like
1: it, it's not real, <laughs>
0: right? Uh, And he is the oh man, they said it a couple of times, the lead counsel. He is he, Mikey acts as lead yes. counsel, yes. and he's late already, so already setting a bad impression. He's late. He shows up, and then he starts to he begins his delivery, and he cites a he begins by citing a case that they were told to ignore, essentially. Yep. And of course, he embarrasses his team. He kind of embarrasses the judge who's kind of vouched or who's kind of he's kind of spoken well of. Yeah. Um, and you know, he sits down and another woman on the team stands up immediately and start and takes over. and uh, it, it, we learn ev- and eventually impresses the judges so it all works out. Uh, but it's it's that point it's that point that we see in a lot of movies where person who hasn't been focused on their job now sees it impacting their job, right.
1: Right, and again, this is another trope, and I, I realize what they're doing and the story they're trying to tell. I'm not sure, you know, what redemption Mike has at the end, yeah. uh, based on these failures, because uh, this is a poker movie. But yeah.
0: anyway, yeah, Mikey is in back, at he's back at his apartment, and he's watching the 1998 World Series of Poker final <laughs> table chan versus uh seidel um johnny Ch- johnny chan johnny chan, yeah, versus, johnny chan uh, eric, seidel. eric uh-huh. seidel and he's watching it over and over and uh was it petra is that her name yeah petra, petra yeah. uh petra who works at the Chesterfield, comes over to inform him hey worm has run up your tab to seven thousand and Mikey's kind of nonchalant. He's like, yeah, okay, yo, cut him off, give him his own tab. Like he 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 <laughs> he kind of tries to check it off. Like, okay, whatever. This is like I can manage this. This is okay. Um, he I, I think he uh um is I wasn't sure if they were trying to show like trying to make it seem like he is um trying to be optimistic to it or, or that he it hasn't or it hasn't said in how bad it's getting what, what was your take on sort of ha- on Mikey's reaction there of like yeah okay just you know, give him his own tab and realize it was that bad like it's clear he's kind of concerned but I couldn't tell if he was like if like it's just not sinking in quite yet how bad this is or he thinks he's in more control than he really is
1: yeah I guess I didn't really think about it but now okay. that you ask me I mean his life is changing drastically here he's lost his girlfriend he's obviously not cut out for law school he's now even more obsessed with poker and eventually getting to vegas and playing in the world series so yeah maybe that's kind of clouding his judgment here
0: yeah okay so mikey and worm go to visit grandma um and worm cannot keep his mouth shut uh grandma and Mikey are, are seemingly are coming to terms on getting a uh getting more time to settle the debt on a more reasonable uh reasonable terms. And Worm makes some smart ass comments again and grandma's like, nope, 15k three days, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so they leave and worms like, "Oh, I messed up again." I uh, but I'm not going to I don't know. Have you ever had a friend like this? I've had at least one friend like this.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess not. Um, but yeah, it's the kind of friend that you, you don't stay friends with them too long. Yeah. He just he just keeps messing up no matter how many times, how many you know opportunities you give him.
0: So they they talk about that so they they, need, they have 3 days to get $15,000. And so he's like, okay, let's uh, let's go to this game. The pro golfers, the cigar shop. They can start naming all these games around New York City that they are aware of that they can go play. I loved the scene in the cigar shop where the man and the man and woman are commenting on the cigars they're smoking. <laughs> and Matt Damon, as Mikey says, I have the wheel. It has earthy tones and enough to win me the high and the low. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Kind of yeah. making fun of what they've been saying about the cigars. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so then he uh more knows about the municipal workers game and he, they pull up and by m- municipal workers, uh, he meant state troopers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Mikey goes in to play with a bunch of cops and he's doing really well. Mind you, this is like four or five hours out of, out of the city, like yeah, it and, was.
1: And- worm had wanted to go in with
0: him and mike said absolutely not right you know you go stay away find something to do exactly so they're four or five hours out of the city mikey's in there by himself he's talked worm to 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 go do something else he's a few hours in and he's doing great i think he's up like four thousand already he it seems like the report at the table is pretty safe and and that he's doing well and then a worm comes in and it fucks it up right he he comes in yeah and and i
1: I love the scene when he comes in because you see him in the background and it's a close-up on matt damon's face matt it's his uh, he's to matt damon's back and matt damon plays this perfectly because it's like he doesn't give anything away in his face and yet you know what's going on in his mind like yep. God damn it! What what did he do? Why is he here? <laughs> right, because when
0: Worm walks up to the table, he like he's like, oh, I'm Mikey. I'm like they introduce each other, like they have uh, no yeah. like, oh hi, they, nice to meet you. Yeah, up. hi, nice to meet you. So you know, they, no play on on no indication that they know each other. Worm comes in and starts doing all of his, all of his mechanic crap, right? And finally, uh, one cop catches says what he says he caught a hanger.
1: Well, hang on one second because this oh. is important. Oh sure. So at one point. Worm is dealing and he deals Mike three Kings. They're playing seven card stud. Yeah. So that's called uh, rolled up Kings. You got two in the hole and one up a fantastic starting hand. And there's a bet and it gets around to Mike and Mike says, ah, fold. As almost to say, what are you doing here? Worm? I'm yeah. not going to play this. You need to leave. That's the message he's giving Worm and Worm's just looking at him incredulously. Just like, I just gave you three Kings. What are you doing? Yeah. So, you know, you can see how the dynamic is going to go and you can kind of tell things are not going to go well. here.
0: Yep. Uh, The the cop who's directly right of worm notices a hanger, grabs his hand uh, and sort of makes his case on what he thinks is going on. Another group of cops from another table over come over. And they look at Mikey's hand. They look at the bottom of the deck where uh, where they think he's dealing from and knows there's another ace, which would have given, I think, him like uh, uh, aces full of sevens or something there's like sevens that. Sevens full of aces, but so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And quickly figure out that, okay, these two are working together. They beat the shit out of both of them, take their money, and throw them out.
1: Yeah. And a hanger is basically when somebody is dealing from the bottom of the deck, it's a card that's kind of sticking out from the bottom of the deck. You know, kind yeah. of a giveaway that they're cheating.
0: Yep. Uh, if anybody's ever tried to deal from the bottom of the deck, it is not easy. Oh, uh, I can't even
1: imagine. Yeah, It is.
0: Um, it is, of course, as a, you know, 17, 18, 19 year old when I first saw this, I must have been 19 when I first saw this movie. Or uh, No, I think I watched it right before I got out of high school. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, man, that's cool. Bob dealing from the <laughs> bottom of the deck it would be cool <laughs> to know how to do that. It's not easy uh yeah. it's it's a it's not easy because of that reason right because you inevitably are trying to like you're trying to give yourself yeah. the yeah. most you can and yeah you you stick it out and yeah. yeah uh so mike then uh visits both grandma to uh sort of to try to work it out with him and grandma's kind of like you should have never vouched for him like you're the, the, the you know nothing's changed and he goes to Kanish, and Kanish is like, look, uh, I would do anything for you, but I can't give you more money to get you out of this. And yeah, my- it's a
1: good scene because you think, oh, Kanish is gonna do something for him, and ultimately, yep. nope,
0: he doesn't. Yep. Um and this is one of the scenes where you're like, Oh man, um uh, uh the Tortoro is really killing this role like the way he did del- yeah. yeah i mean and i think one of the uh one of the, you know he's like um i pay rent my kids eat right like that's like one of the that's one of like the the better monologues he has and he denies him the money and then mikey tells him a story he's like yeah hey, i got a story that i've never told anybody and he tells a story about how he was in atlantic city just prior to going to kgb's at the top of the movie so the the story he tells him predates the the f- opening scene and how he sat down at a table with Johnny Chan and he bluffed Johnny Chan out of a hand yep. uh, and that he won.
1: That's where he got the confidence then to go try to, you know take on Teddy KGB
0: exactly. Uh, still doesn't get any money from Kanish so he goes to the judge he goes to his uh, his judge friend uh, who is uh, Petrovsky I think is the Petrovsky played by Martin Landau yeah excellent Um, and he goes there and the we hear the judge sort of make make reference to his original story of the rabbi and stuff like like not not going down that vocation Uh, and he sort of references that as he's agreeing to uh he's like i can't do fifteen thousand tonight but i can do 10 uh and so he gets mikey ten thousand dollars i don't know if uh when this was happening i was like how many people if i really needed ten thousand (laughs) dollars before the end of the night who could i go to to get that um it was an interesting exercise in my head, both in who would you be willing to approach for that? And then who right. do you think would reliably have the money to be able to do that? Yeah,
1: that's good. It's two questions, right? Yeah. Because it's kind of an awkward thing to ask.
0: Yeah. It's like, and well, I know these people have money, get. but do I <laughs> want to ask them for money? Like, yeah. would I be okay with that? And then right. here are people who I knew would give it to me, but, but Jesus, I don't know if they'd have, you know, but they have that cash, you know, yeah. anyways, um, no one asked me for $10,000, please. I don't want to go through that.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, not why you brought it up. That's
0: <laughs> yeah, not what I brought it up. <laughs> um. He brings the 10,000 to, I have minimal notes here because I was handed my daughter at this point in the movie. (laughs) Uh, So I was watching, I was watching the movie and I took, I took a couple notes here on my phone while I was holding uh, my daughter, but he brings the 10,000 to play at KGB's and K in and uh, KGB Teddy is, is sort of, you know, like, Hey, do you have my money? And he's like, no, I don't, but I do have 10,000. I'm here to play. He like, he makes a comment like I have until morning and you could tell Teddy KGB sees this as an opportunity to own Mikey, right? Because if he yeah. win if he plays Mikey and wins, he essentially owns him. Yeah. And so Teddy challenges to challenges him to a heads up game. And so it's just him and KGB. And in the first round of hands, uh, the first I don't know how long this uh this set of hands goes, yeah. but Mikey does very well and ends up winning. Um yeah. He yeah. Wins, the t- wins the table. Yep. KGB then starts talking a little crap, starts baiting him into another heads up game. Uh, Mikey makes a note that he has $5,000, right? So he has just enough to pay off grandma. And then in Bevin has a little bit to pay back the judge and KGB, it uh, gets him to play another game. And Mikey has this great line. Like I tell, uh, I told Warren that I can't lose what's not on the table, but I can't win much either. And that's when he turns around and, and sits down and, and, and plays, KGB is up, right? So it kind of it kind of it kind of fades into the future, right? We get a we um if, if we see that KGB has more uh, chips in front of him than, than before, right? And this is sort of a pitiful moment in this scene. They're in a hand, and and you could tell that Mikey is preparing to make a bet. Notices Teddy mess with a cookie in a way, and picks that up as a tell. Yeah, and- because
1: yeah, because Teddy KGB had done the same thing at the beginning of the movie right. when he had aces full. The Oreo cookies is what Teddy KGB is hooked on. And the way that he kind of uh, peels the cookie apart and puts it in his mouth, it's the same way that he did when he had the great hand at the beginning of the movie. The board is ace three, five. And the, again, yeah, Mike is about to make a bet with aces and fives. His down cards are ace five. When he sees Teddy KGB make this move, he realizes, oh, you know, KGB's got the straight. He's got two, four in the hole. He's already got the straight. So, you know, he checks, Teddy KGB bets, and then Mike actually shows him what he's folding. I'm folding top two, top two pair.
0: My, uh KGB then gets uh, kind of confused, right? Um, yeah. On on what's going, and Mikey is is essentially showing him, I'm 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 folding this uh, because I I I I'm he pretty much lets him know I'm on to you, just to rattle KGB because he only has a few hours before morning. That's right? the he,
1: thing, before- right? In his, in his narration, he's saying normally when you find somebody's tell. You don't say anything. You don't call it to their attention. You take advantage of it, but he's got to make his money really fast. So instead, he basically tells uh, Teddy KGB, I found your tell by showing him what he's folding and that that basically puts KGB on tilt. In fact, he even throws his cookies across the room because he realizes it's, it's the cookies that have given him away.
0: Yep. Uh, We get to do the uh, the the final hand, and uh, I don't have all the details on this hand because uh, I was holding uh, a kid in one hand and my phone in the other, trying to take notes. Uh, But in this hand, one another great line. um, KGV is making bets, and he's sort of dropping. He's holding the chips up above the table and dropping it, uh, and letting the chips sort of splat. And Mikey makes a comment: "Please don't splash the pot." And uh, on the next one, where he's making bets and he's and he's l- letting the chips fall, uh, KGB says, "In my club, I splash the pot whenever the fuck I please." And <laughs> it, I, lo- Mark, when I was nineteen, twenty years old, my friend, me and my friends loved saying this when we were po- <laughs> when we were playing poker. Anytime that we were feeling, kind of especially spicy in a hand, we we, we like. So one of us would like someone would throw a chip too far. We'd make the comment, "Hey, don't splash the pot." And then, of course, the per- the next person would have to then do the "I'll splash the pot" whenever it, it, every poker game happened at least once. <laughs> That's great. Um, can you can you describe the how this hand unfolds? Like, because it because it's it's a. Uh, it's a nod a bit to the 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 first. Uh, anyways, can you can you run through this hand? I don't have yeah, the notes here for that. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: So Mike basically looks down. He's got eight nine suited. I think it's spades. That doesn't. It's not important. But he's got eight nine, and the flop comes six seven ten. So he has flopped a straight. So he is pretty confident he's going to win this hand, and he basically just lets Teddy make a fool of himself by splashing the pot by really Teddy's really trying to intimidate Mike and yeah. Mike knows he's got the best hand and the board runs out and still you know Mike still has the best hand he knows he can't lose and basically just you know let KGB implode get all his chips in and then he calls says I flopped the straight
0: uh he wins he gets all the the chips he has enough to pay off um oh for first uh he wins and and there's a bit of like his goons kgb's goons kind of want to jump mikey right they kind of like make a move that they're gonna like intervene yeah and, i
1: mean just because he won the hand doesn't mean he's gonna leave this place with money right this
0: right. is an underground right you know the teddy kgb's connected right so who knows what's gonna happen here for real uh there's a great there's a uh, for 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 there's a great saying in people in sports betting. You haven't won until you've gotten the money. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Yeah. Um, And so KGB, uh, and this probably has to be the, the line I hear people recite the most um, from rounders is when uh, John Malkovich says he beat me straight up, pay him, pay that man, his money. Mm -hmm. You hear that. You hear that last i paid them. I hear that all the time uh, (laughs) in casinos or in poker games. Uh, But it's, it's, you know, uh, this is shows sort of the, the code, right. The poker players code, if you will, of like, no, like he, we play, like I challenged him. He beats me, pay him and let him be on his way.
1: Right. Uh, And you know, is it realistic? Maybe not, but it's, it's like you said, it's the code. Yeah. Right. So it good makes for a good story makes for a good movie.
0: um, And that's essentially it. He goes on another narration talking about how, uh you know he you know he got enough money to pay off grandma he paid up he paid back the judge and he's right back to where he was with three stacks of high society yeah <laughs> um and so he's he's right back where he started uh dan Harmon would love this movie because it follows i think his story circle just perfectly <laughs> okay there you go yeah <laughs> look um, that up
1: yeah rather yeah. than try to explain i'm that, not gonna explain Harmon's yeah.
0: uh, story circle yeah yeah so here are the questions that I have for you regarding Rounders. Okay. Let's start with one that I have to ask It Does this hold up?
1: Uh, yes, it does. Yes. Uh, story-wise, it's just okay. Yep. This is a pretty standard story. Yep. But it's uh, very well-acted, well-directed, and it really is, puts you in this poker world yeah uh, yeah, more than any other poker movie that I can think of. we can nitpick little things here and there, but it's kind of like you said this whole it's just the whole thing is gambling and poker without every scene being a hand of poker, right So uh, yes, I think it does hold up. um i it, it's not a great movie as movie go movies go, but it's a great poker movie,
0: yeah. Uh, so the, part of the reason why I wanted to ask that on, you know, does this, uh, does this hold up? And, you know, this is another case of, I think the house is another good example of this, even though I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not saying the the house, I'm not saying the house and rounders are on the same level (laughs) quality wise, but Gamblers love the house way more than non gamblers. Oh, right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's true. And you know, the reason I say this is not a great movie is because if a a non gambler does watch it,
0: they'll probably say, Oh yeah, that was pretty good. 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So
1: there you go. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Right. But again, you mentioned this, this uh, consistently comes up at the top of people's list when it comes to gambling movies and certainly poker movies.
0: Uh, movies that we have uh, we have reviewed thus far on Better Viewing. We've watched the Sean Connery, uh, 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 James Bond films. We watched Hard uh, Eight, The Cooler, Oney Mahoney, Pool Hall Junkies. We watched uh, Honeymoon in Vegas and <laughs> Vegas Vacation, California Split, Laid the Favorite, Two for the Money, Mississippi Grind, and Uncut Gems and The House. Oh, and The Big Town and Win It All. And wow. both gamblers, uh, the old one and the new one, oh, that's right. Yeah, even money, let it ride, and the movies And then 21 for uh, 21 was the only full movie we did for National Blackjack Day, I think. Yeah, um, and uh, oh, and Snatch, duh. we watched that, uh, but, right? but Snatch, yeah, I was, I guess, we did a full thing of Snatch, you know, it's funny. I've always, and the reason I'm listing all of those is California Splits. Um, you know, even though not quality wise, but enjoyment wise, the house, um, I kind of like, I like to let it ride way more than I thought I would. Good. <laughs> you know, um, I don't like it, it when the next time I do my top gambling movies, I don't know if rounders is the automatic top. Now that I've rewatched it in the, through the lens of better viewing of us, yeah. Going scene by scene, looking about how it stacks up and looking at my, how I enjoy it, objectively, I think it deserves to still be at the top because it is wall to wall gambling. Because it's 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 accurate and other than other than sort of how they talk about the World Series of Poker, it still holds poker wise, right? I think in yeah. in in that way. Uh, but yeah, as we went scene by scene. There was a there was a there was like I said, a lot of tropes. there was um you know, plot devices. there were like it's a good it's a okay story that is executed well because of the great performances mm-hmm. and the 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 good gambling uh, hey,
1: right. And the yeah. knowledge of the writers, the yes. knowledge of this poker world, yes. yep. Uh,
0: uh, I agree
1: with you. If I were making my list, I would put California split as number one okay and after that uh i'd have to think about it uh yeah. i think rounders more people might prefer to california split for two reasons uh, again california split was robert altman he's got a certain style not everybody likes that yeah. and number two even though this is 25 years old it is a more contemporary film so yeah. people may relate to it a little bit more but uh yeah california split's still my number one and uh, i'd have to think about the rest
0: yeah i think i'm with you um yeah. Owning Mahoney up there in a awkward way. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But it's up there. Um, yeah. Any so what is it? So you said that the judge scene is the one you think about the most. Do you yeah, think that's I, the best scene? Uh, I don't know
1: about that. I'm okay. wondering why it is to me. Maybe okay. because I wish I were Mike in that situation where I could just <laughs> walk in and tell everybody what they have. That that probably is it. I'm just thinking, oh, that's great. I wish I were Mike. So that could be. But certainly the first time I saw it, that was the scene that stuck with me. And I I remembered, you know, I didn't remember every scene, but I knew that one was coming up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: And I think, uh, yeah, I think
1: that's all I got on this. All right. Yeah, I that's... have a, a few more go backs. Um, Please. The last scene, so I was talking about how, yeah, there's string bets. There are string bets in the last scene. Uh, rewatch the some of the last scene if you ever have a chance. There's one shot where, Teddy KGB is clearly flashing uh, one of the burn cards Mm. in such a way that Mike would really be the only one to see it. I kind of blame John Malkovich (laughs) for that, or maybe the director, because certainly somebody like Teddy KGB would not be flashing cards. So uh, again, a little nitpicky here, uh, there, Uh, a couple uh, more uh, terms from the movie. At one point, it turns out that Worm actually went to uh, an illegal casino and played like some blackjack you know, was kind of getting desperate yeah. and Mike was real mad at him and said, yeah, that place, uh, that place is a MIT joint and uh, a MIT joint, M I T T, MIT joint is basically a, a, a gambling hall where either they cheat you or they kind of look the other way when players are cheating each other. Mm. So a MIT joint. Okay. And then uh, going back to the scene where worm originally is asking Petra for uh, credit 2000 on credit She's, he says, give me 2000. And she says on the finger. And yeah. that's a term for uh, money on credit uh, when you're borrowing, for when it comes to gambling and those were the terms that I thought, I think those are all the notes I have.
0: Okay. Um, it's good. I don't know how I know I started this with like, Hey, this is one of the, this is uh, a lot of people think this is one of the best, or if not the best gambling movie. And then all I did was like kind of poke holes in it. Well, Uh,
1: I mean, that's kind of the nature when anytime you're criticizing something, you know, for better or worse. Right. If you just go on glowingly about it, well, then it's not a fair assessment.
0: So Right. That's fair. There you go. Um, But I I think I think what really, you know, 25 years later, uh, this is, you know, it's it's arguably the best. Right. Which and which is which is what I think really helps it stand out is you look at a lot of these older mo- movies or movies that have come out since then and we can quickly dismiss them right we can we be like that's not really a top five movie or that's mm-hmm. not really you know mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that helps us stand out and I'm gonna go back to uh Malkovich Damon uh uh Edward Norton and um uh th- uh who plays John Tur- yeah they just kill it I mean it's they, yeah, they, the performances guys. are yeah. just like you said, Matt Damon, like his his just face acting when in yeah. those moments is just brilliant. And yeah, so- his face act—that's a good way to put it. Yep. Yep. And so uh, I think that's really—if you put an average cast in this same movie, it's not nearly as good. And I don't agreed. think we—I don't think we talk about it and anywhere close being a top ten movie. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Um. Okay. The only thing—the only thing I want to uh, so we have to talk about. Uh, what are we gonna do next? Uh, uh-huh. What are we gonna? Tonight's, uh, or maybe tomorrow. I don't know how HBO Max does this anymore. It says the first episode date's going to be November thirtieth, which I guess is technically tomorrow as we're recording this. Yes. Um, but I know Max does weird things. Like sometimes they'll they'll have it available like nine p.m. the day. Before.
1: Well, that depends if it's on HBO as well. If it's something um, that's only prepare, uh, premiering on Max, then it should be right away on that day. But okay, like you know, with games Game of Thrones, you know, it wouldn't actually turn out on Max until it had aired on hbo so anyway. Okay.
0: yeah <laughs> so uh there is a new uh new show coming out called bookie it is starring sebastian maniscalco uh it also has omar dorsey charlie sheen and andrea and uh andrea anders in it mm-hmm. yep. um it is about a a bookie, a uh, like a a street bookie, yeah, trying to keep clients as impending legalization of sports gambling takes over uh, ah uh, the country, and yeah. this has the potential to be so good. <laughs> I I am trying to not get too excited. Yeah, don't don't build it up too much. <laughs> but it the it has the potential because the this little nuanced part of a of a street bookie still existing is something i don't think people realize is still a thing right like i think that a lot i think the average american has been like oh it's legalized that's how that's sports betting now right in the same way that like oh weed's legal people don't get their their drugs from a guy anymore they just go to the store right even though the everybody you know guys still exist right and so i am very i'm excited to see how that bookie is portrayed and how his relationship with his clients is portrayed. Yeah. Uh, Because that's something that a lot of us have experience in and it'll be interesting to see what creative license they take to it and what nuances they get. Right. Yes. Uh,
1: Yeah, I agree. So are you saying that's what we're going to do next?
0: Yeah, I think I imagine they're gonna do weekly episodes. I I I assume. Let's see if they have an episode. Uh... Yeah. So
1: they're permit. It's basically two episodes are gonna come out uh, uh, each week. Oh, oh, okay. so they're gonna be two tomorrow, and then the next week two more. So a total of eight episodes over four weeks.
0: Oh, okay. So there'll be eight episodes, but uh, um, yes, over the okay. Um, let's 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 uh, you and I can discuss. Maybe maybe we do a a, a movie pairing with like one episode we do that for yeah
1: we'll have to let's you know watch a few of them and see what is the best way to yeah you know, approach it yeah
0: yeah I think after these first couple we'll know if this is uh this is gonna be but I mean I'm excited that there that there's a gambling related show that has the potential to be good.
1: Yeah now and it's a comedy too. We should probably mention that. Yeah. So uh yeah it it approach it like that. It's not gonna be you know this neo noir uh, rounders <laughs> kind
0: right of thing. So yeah. And uh, the Vegas, the Vegas Connect here is Sebastian Maniscalco, I believe performs at the Win. Oh, he, okay. He, yeah, he has a he has a room somewhere. I want to say it's the Win. Um, and so he he performs in Vegas. So if you see the show and you like it, you can you can uh, see a stand up. Great. Okay, Mark. Uh, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that only took 75 minutes. Well, yeah,
1: that's well. I mean that's still a long time <laughs> for one movie. yeah, you know, when sometimes we do a couple, but not surprised. Yeah. Are you caught up on Rick and Morty? No. Oh. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. I've been so busy. Yeah. And you know, there's so much
0: TV. It's the so, only TV. It's that. the only TV I keep up with. Yeah, so I I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you keep up with then? Is it? Is there any is there anything in your life where you're like, no matter what's going on, I need to I, I'm gonna try to keep up with this.
1: No, not yeah. right now. No, I, there's nothing really at the top of my list. Yeah, I, uh, sorry, I can't. I don't have an answer for you. Although Bookie will probably become that, just because sure. uh, of what it is about and the fact that we may need to talk about it
0: soon. <laughs> Very good. All right, well, Mark, this has been fun. We finally did Rounders like two and a half years later. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully everybody agrees that it holds up. And uh, I'm curious. I tweeted us. Tell us what your true yeah. thoughts are at Rounders now that we've gone over this. Uh, I want to know what everybody else's thoughts are. Mark. Until next time, bud. All right, thanks, Tim.